0: Welcome to Always Listening. We are your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel, and we are Always Listening. A very special episode today, Josh, as we're celebrating New Year's. We're going to part the kimono, so to speak. We're going to pull back the curtain a little bit and talk about our show and some of the things we've learned, some of the changes we've already made, and uh, discuss some of our thoughts on upcoming changes as well. All in the hopes to elicit your feedback yeah absolutely and and we got we got some good feedback already. We got some listener feedback during the show. we're going to be discussing that as well, but uh, before that i I just thought we'd really get into the nuts and bolts of what we've been doing here, some of the changes we've already made, why we made those changes and and what we think about adding to the show. Let me tell you a little narrative here, Josh, for those that maybe have not been listening to the show for the entire uh, course of its run. Then I'm definitely going to need the narrative. <laughs> All right. We started we started this show in May of 2014. We launched it as a, a podcast called Pod on Pod. We were part of the Team Procreate Network. As a matter of fact, we were the first podcast in their network, uh, hooked up with a couple of guys, Rob Goldman and Jeremy McKnight out of California. It was a very uh, happy time for us. We launched the show, started reviewing podcasts, and and made some good progress. From May of 2014 to May of 2015, we had a tremendous amount of growth. I think you and I were both very impressed with download numbers for the first year compared to our previous podcast, which had been a a silly little explicit comedy show. Sure. Around May of last year, actually, May of, of 2014, you and I began to look at some options. It was around that time we were having a few disagreements about the direction of the show with the guys at Team Procreate. Nothing drastic, but just small disagreements about where we should go. And then over the course of the summer, as you and I went and traveled to, to podcast movement, especially in Dallas, there were a lot of things that we thought – we got to make changes. We got to add things. We've got to to up our game a little bit as we were exposed to some of the broader world of podcasting, some of the different ideas, the different ways that we could um, could do the show. One of those big changes was the removal of music at the end of the show. We were playing a different song from a different artist every week. Sort of crowd-sourced. We, 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 uh, Rob and Jeremy would send out requests for artists that were interested in being featured. And lots of podcasts do this. One of the podcasts that I listen to on a fairly regular basis, uh, Men Seeking Tomahawks from Dan Franks, uh, one of the, the hosts of Podcast Movement, as a matter of fact. His show does it, and they do it really well. They discuss the music occasionally. They feature the artists on their website and things like that. Works out well for them. But
1: it had their no show. place really in our show
0: it didn't it just didn't fit the feel if the
1: idea was it's a way to promote the network that we're on and their and their website and some of the other things that they're doing cool but we felt that there was a better way to do it than that
0: yeah absolutely and at the end of the day even more than the theoretical hey there might be a better way to do this you and i both skipped the song when we would listen to the show we would skip past the song oh yeah and to me Anytime you're putting something in your show that's not for you, it's probably not for most of your audience either. I feel like you you are, if you don't see the benefit of it, your audience is probably not seeing the benefit of it either. Yeah, I would agree. So it was one of those things that we wanted to take out. It wasn't the only thing that, that became an issue, but it was the biggest one, the number one. And That's assume, what
1: that was. The, oh, you're talking about an issue with, with, with being able to change or have the freedom to do what we thought was right
0: with the show. Yes, okay. yes yeah. absolutely. And again, it wasn't the only one, but it was the biggest one. The other big issue, and this was coming from the producers, from the guys at Team Procreate. They wanted us to include, to incorporate pieces of audio from the podcast that we were, were reviewing that was something that you suggested as well. Yeah. I was the hold up there. Yeah. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to add the time. I didn't want to to take the time to find the bites, to take the time to cut them, to take the time to edit them in. It was I knew it was going to add significantly to my workflow, and I just felt like I didn't have the time. Once we did it, just like excising the song, once you take the song out, you see how much you gain by not having the, that extra time in the podcast that wasn't adding in it. Once you added in the audio portions of the podcast that we we're discussing- It was immediately obvious to me how valuable that was going to be.
1: Well, and then thinking about how long of a podcast you want to put out is. Mm. Right. So if we're going to add in sound clips, then we need to save some time somewhere because the show never needs to be an hour long show. Never. If it's pushing 40 minutes, I'm a little uncomfortable.
0: Well, yeah, because a lot of the podcasts we review are less than 40 minutes long. Sure. So, so are we really helping anyone if we're reviewing the show for them and they could just listen to the show in less time? I don't know that that's actually saving anybody any any work or effort. So that was definitely one of the considerations that we made. After we met, well, a bunch of people, but, but primarily we met Jay Soderbergh, the head of content for Blog Talk Radio at Podcast Movement, we had an opportunity to make the move. And as a matter of fact, it's one of the things that you're going to hear us discuss on an episode of Podcasters Group Therapy. If you're at all interested in sort of the 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 behind-the-scenes work of podcasting, we're going to post that link on our social sites, on our Facebook group and, and everything. We'll send out a link so you can easily find it. I'd suggest that you listen to our discussion over there because we're going to talk about some of the pros and cons of being with a network, period, and of being with the two networks that we've been a part of over time. But Blog Talk Radio and Jay Soderbergh, their whole deal was we want you to own the show. We want you to be totally in charge of the content of the direction of the show, et cetera, et cetera. All we want to do is facilitate the posting. We want to make it easier for you to host. We want to help you promote your show amongst our network. And we want to add your show, a quality show, a show that I know you're putting a lot of effort in to our network. It was about raising the level of their podcast in some ways, as well as bringing in some young talent that they feel like they could add something to. So, We made that move in August of last year, and since then, we've had four full months of operation, as always listening, with the Blog Talk Radio uh, folks, and while Josh and I talked about it, we don't really feel comfortable sharing raw numbers, we can tell you that in the four months we've been with Blog Talk Radio, we have done roughly half of the total downloads that we did in our first full year with Team Procreate. Yeah. Now, that's not a huge spike. It's not a huge growth. But it's solid growth, it's, and, and the downloads have been super consistent. We've been very, very consistent. Our audience has been growing slowly, but very solid week to week. Even when we don't post a new episode, as a matter of fact, Josh, like we still get quite a bit of traffic. Uh, in the past couple of weeks when we were doing Listener Appreciation Month and our postings were a little sporadic, you guys have been great following us as, as listeners. And Blog Talk Radio, I feel like in a lot of ways, has helped us grow that fan base some um, just with their exposure and cross-promotion across the shows. The biggest thing to me, though, is about how do we take this show from where I think it is right now, which is a top-notch hobby podcast, to becoming a quality professional podcast. And I think that's the next jump that we need to make. We're doing this on a regular basis. We're doing it as a secondary gig. We're not really making money on it. There are ads in the show, but the, the ad revenue is very, very small. And it's not even about making more money, but to me it is about changing the level of our content to be more in line with the shows that we like so much. We listened to and reviewed Lore recently, and we talked about the level of production values, the fit and finish, oh, the man, polish.
1: I got to tell you. So he sent us a tweet or a message back, you know, thanking us for their view and, and saying that he's going to take out some of the dad jokes. I haven't heard a single one since that. And I think it does make that show better. Like he does such a great job of building the tension that now you're not you're not worried that that tension's
0: going to be. He doesn't break it unnecessarily. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic.
0: I don't know that we're directly responsible for that, but I don't know that we aren't. So we can, we can claim it. Well. <laughs> we made that great show even better, folks. We can do it for your show too. We'll review yours soon.
1: So I th- I think for me the goal is. I want to meet what our mission is to the highest level we possibly can. So what is our mission,
0: Josh, in your opinion?
1: I feel like there's not a very good way to discover podcasts. On any podcatcher on iTunes, there's not a good way to – there's not, a, there's not a, a good mechanism for discovery. Uh, and I feel like that's a niche that we feel. I feel like that's something that, that we have an opportunity to do. That's part of the reason why we took out the rating systems, because that kind of go, kind of goes against that mission.
0: Yeah. I, what it was doing is it's given an easy classification, especially since, as Pod on Pod, not only were we rating the show in our review, we were posting that rating yeah. on the website. You could go and look at it without even listening to the review, which means that—and we know this from listener feedback—there were lots of shows that some of our listeners didn't even bother downloading and listening to. They saw our review, said, oh, that's not going to be for me. The review in the name of of the podcast that we're talking about maybe, and that's enough, and I don't even need to listen to that. Right. Our show is more than just a yay or nay on whether the podcast is for us, though. It's about breaking down the, in my opinion, it's about breaking down the medium of podcasting as discussed through the individual show that we're talking about week to week. So... Yes, we are exposing podcasts, new podcasts to people, but also we are showing people sort of behind the scenes of why this podcast might work, that podcast doesn't. What is alike for good podcasts? What is different for good podcasts? What is alike for bad podcasts? How are bad podcasts different from one another? I think that's another valuable thing that we offer. Our audience is pretty well segmented. You've got crazy podcast fans, you've got new people to podcasting that stumble upon us and use us to help them find shows to fill their listening hours. And then you've got other podcasters that listen to us to help them learn about their own show in some ways.
1: Yeah. So I actually have a list of the things we've changed. Awesome. And I also have a list of suggested changes that we are going to want to discuss And uh, definitely get the listeners to uh, weigh in on. Also, you know what I thought about and liked whenever I listened to our Christmas episode? This is way beside the point. That's all right. Is that several times those other hosts talked to our listeners as always listening listeners. Mm -hmm. So they were talking to all. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Uh, So here we're uh, back on track now. Okay. Okay. Small sidetrack, back on track. So here are the current changes that we did. We cut the outro music. We switched networks, which we've already listed kind of the pros and cons of doing that. We added clips of sound, which you would think is pretty pretty basic, and we should have thought of that
0: before we did. Well, to be fair, we did think about it. I just vetoed it. I just poo-pooed it. I said, nope, 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 not going to do that.
1: All right, fair enough. We nixed the rating system.
0: That was, truthfully... The most underrated of all the changes, I think.
1: And we standardized notes.
0: Yes. Yeah. You have a form even that yeah. you send me now. I've always had a like a, a a blank template that I copy and paste and then fill in with my extra stuff. But I haven't sent that to you in the past. Right. I still don't send that those notes to you right now. Although that's one of the changes that we're looking to potentially make.
1: Yes. So those are the changes we made. So some suggested changes. And and this is going to expose us (laughs) tremendously. But here's the deal. We generally come in, have our notes, do the show. Joel edits the show, and that's it. And I never hear the show after the edit. I rarely hear what your sound bites are unless I listen to the show. So literally during the show... You do your soundbite, then you talk about your soundbite, and I, I literally have nothing to say because I don't know what it is Many, until you explain it.
0: Yes. Many times the same is true or, or has been true for me for your soundbites. You know what your soundbite is, but I haven't even necessarily seen the timestamp, let alone actually listen to the audio until after true. we've recorded yes. and I'm editing. And then I go, oh, that's what Josh was talking about. That's, that's great. That really makes a great point. We had to fix that. We have to change that. If we want to use the sound bites and use them in their most effective way, we needed to do that as preparation, and you and I need to both be on the same page when we come into that. And that developed into your suggestion for a full pre-production meeting. Yes. In particular, this was spawned by, just as our biggest changes were, our change of networks, our change of... Uh, adding in the sound bites, our change of getting rid of the song. All of those were spurned or, 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 or hastened by an episode of the Startup podcast from Gimlet Media.
1: Well, that coupled with the Rachel Aaron show of DBSA?
0: Uh, yes, the, the Dear Bitches Smart Authors.
1: Yes. So I, I listened to those episodes back to back. And the Rachel Aaron episode, if you'll remember, had a lot to do with productivity. Uh, and how to increase and how keeping certain metrics, you know, have allowed her to do that. Um, So I listened to to those back-to-back, and I was like, okay, i got to get something rolling for us.
0: And there's a link, by the way, in the show notes for the startup episode in particular that Josh is talking about, and I'll put a link in the show notes for the DBSA episode that he's mentioning there, too. But the startup episode in particular was sort of a behind-the-scenes of their network, how they – Uh, launch a show how they get ready for the pilot how they launch a show yeah and then what goes into the actual production we knew that for a lot of the npr style shows they did pre-interviews and then an actual four tape interview yeah that is exactly what gimlet media does with their podcasts though they sit down and record the podcast and then sit down and record the podcast again pretty much like their hosts, in particular, for the one that's an example in the show, is um, it's also all written. Surprisingly awesome. Yes, yeah. it's all scripted to begin it's with.
1: It's all it's all scripted, and then they also go through the script. They edit the script down several times before they even go to to production.
0: Yes, but then once they produce, they there there is a, a pre production recording, then the actual recording, and then once they've even got it on wax, they are are or, or on digital tape, as it were. They are all. Uh, or not all, but there are many people that listen to that episode. Take me notes. Take notes, further edits, another round, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. and then put out the finished product. Yeah. Now, Gimlet Media is a large startup with many, many uh, staff members and uh, a health plan <laughs> and nice payroll. Uh, we are a mom and pop shop, as it were, working uh, after hours uh, at evening you know, on our own uh, time. But there are still things we
1: could do if we restructure things that won't cost us much time at all and it may even give back some time and this is going to be pretty this is this next suggested change will help all of that but it's probably going to be a point of pain and that is we go from being a weekly show to every two weeks (sighs) which if you look over the past month we're kind of doing that already
0: uh, well we were, we were what we were doing was we were like going 10 days in between and then putting out two at a time pretty quickly back to back or something like that you know you and I have discussed the, the move to two weeks thing before it does seem like whatever we do we're going to put more work behind the scenes and so the the real question will well, be Well here's the other option.
1: Okay because you and I you and I have talked about this so we can make these changes almost immediately some of the smaller changes we're already doing. Right. We can make the whole ship the whole change immediately if we go to two every two weeks. Or at some point, we're gonna have to take a break, we're gonna have to get some already in the can to give us enough lead time to continue that production schedule.
0: Yeah the 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 lead time on the production schedule is the thing that that I find would be the most beneficial. And of course, anybody who is a podcaster in our audience, they know all of the how-to podcasting guys tell you, all oh, put a bunch in the can. Get way ahead if you can on production and then, you know, your life schedule can can flex one way or the other and you can still get everything you need to get done done. So, when we started the show, we were ahead. We had several in the can. And, and then life caught up with us and ate that up. Same thing when we move to November. When we get to our listener appreciation month, even if we had some in the can or we are, we're ahead of schedule, trying to do two podcasts a week sort of overwhelms any pre-planning that you have. I don't, I'm not sure what we're going to do for listener appreciation month next year uh, when we get back to it to make that more manageable and, and more consistent for us. But I do think one of those two things is going to have to happen. So here's what we're going to do. We've got our next several reviews planned out. We know the podcasts that we're going to be reviewing, the next four or five of them, we've already got pretty much locked down. We're going to just start the process, and, and I, I'm going to shoot to see. We're going to say, hey, can we do two reviews a week, posting only one, so that over the course of three or four weeks, we lengthen the production schedules, so that we've got a longer lead time by just bunching them up and working hard for a few weeks to get ahead. I think that could be doable long term. And we get to the place where from our recording to the launch of the episode is 10 to 12 days. If we're at that much lead time, we would have the, the time for you and I to both listen to the episode after final edit to make some extra polish, to make notes back and forth, and then to actually put out the finished product.
1: OK, well, here's something else to think about, OK, because one of the other changes we talked about, and I know you were for, was Adding maybe like a a what's up segment, mm. right? So for example, we would have posted that hey, Serial season two is coming out, and uh, this season you even have the option of listening to it f- by Pandora. Or Dan Collins' King of King uh, suite, King of Kings suite just uh, came out, so you can look forward to listening to that. Or you know whatever podcast we're listening to, or whatever is in the news of some of the podcasts we've reviewed happens to be. Uh, we can put that out there. Now, if we're giving it such a lead time, you know, what's up? Maybe like, oh, that happened.
0: And so the question then would be if we go to the every two weeks recording or even if we do the long pre-production where where we just hurry up and work hard for a few weeks to, to stretch it out and get back ahead, either one of those things I think we could do a separate recording for the what's up so that we're doing our real review longer out and we're only recording the what's up
1: i'm not for that at all i don't
0: so we would be recording
1: i'm not juggling i can't juggle three i'm not juggling that's okay i'm not going to juggle three (laughs) things in a week
0: for one podcast fair enough not doing it
1: so like i can't like like I can't do that. Like there's
0: no way. So this is a great example of a very clear question that you as the listener could answer for us. Would you find a what's new in podcasting or a what's up segment, a news segment of our show? Would, would it add value useful? Yeah. Or yeah. do you get that already from elsewhere? Uh, and, and we would just be adding time to our podcast unnecessarily. And redundancy and, for you guys. Right. We'd love to hear from you on that. I'm going to Make a post with with that as a question in the Facebook group, but we want to hear from you by email on Facebook, Twitter, however you want to get back to us. AlwaysListeningPod at gmail is the email address. You can find us on Facebook by searching for Always Listening Pod, uh, or on Twitter as well. AlwaysPod is our handle there. Or if you just have a suggestion or to make a comment on anything that we've discussed this
1: episode, you know, let us know in 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 any of those avenues. Because at the end of the day.
0: If you guys aren't listening, then what are we doing a show for? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we want to make sure that we're providing you the, the best possible service and, and the most impactful information as, as we can. Let's get to a little bit of that listener feedback that we've already gotten uh, in the past couple of weeks, Josh, as we've been talking about doing this episode. Um, Ooh. Right there. I'm going to start with that, uh, as a matter of fact. This uh, email comes from Greg Shelton. Feedback for the show.
1: Our... our Englishman living in France?
0: Very good. Very good indeed. That's exactly right. Greg says, uh, it's Greg, writing in from France once again. Sorry for the lack of content regarding the new show. I've been listening, but uh, have been incredibly busy. I haven't found the time to get in touch uh, since you made the switch. He's talking about our move from pod on pod to always listening. I would just like to say a few words about always listening and the last of your reviews that I have listened to, The Thinking Atheist. First of all, I think you have managed to keep a strong line of continuation from the old show. The analysis is thorough and informative, and the new move towards a stronger objectivity through dropping the rating system means that you are serving your self-imposed mission statement of spreading the medium of podcasts rather than just your favorite podcasts. I do still think it's necessary to move one step further and find a means to discuss and promote it's never shows. never enough for you. I know, right? I, this is a good point, though. I think it's, it would be good to find a means to discuss and promote shows that may not appeal to yourselves or even your current audience.
1: Yeah, I agree. Why,
0: why bother? Well, coming in podcast form, your reviews will be around for a long while. And the future audience who may wish to visit your back catalog could be composed from a significantly more diverse demographic than your current listening audience. This is a thought that I hadn't ever really thought about. As podcasting grows altogether, there will continuously be new listeners that are very different from our audience now as new types of people find podcasting. And all of those people could theoretically benefit greatly from our show, our back catalog especially. To this extent, I would love to hear one episode of Always Listening devoted entirely to short snippets of listeners' submitted explanations and reviews.
1: No, I think that's I think that's a, that's a that's a, a great idea, and that's one of the things that we tried to do with Listener Appreciation Month: have the listeners intro the show, give us the stats on the show, tell us what they like about the show. So yes, I think that's a fantastic idea. Uh, I think that we've you know done that a bit to some extent but then the question comes how do you how do you do that like for us to do that we would have to put out our schedule quarterly what, what we plan on doing for the next three months and invite the listeners at that point to pick a show if they
0: like it and go ahead and send us send us a bit well here's my thought on that it would be even better if the if the bits were not about shows that we were going to review as a matter of fact Largely, those the the explanations and the sort of like general discussions from the listeners about a show were for podcasts that we may never review. Dude, it could be a
1: potpourri show. Like so many podcasts, when they're going on break, will do a best of. Exactly, and I hate them because it's regurgitating content that I've already listened to for the past three, six, nine months. But if we just collected a bunch of those clips and then over time, like maybe we're able to put out three of those a year or four of those a year,
0: then that gives us some bandwidth in case something happens. That's exactly my thought. Oh, so right. so here's what I think we can start right now. I will begin making posts, soliciting those reviews, discussions uh, of, of shows that you love that we've never covered through the Facebook group. That's a great opportunity to do that.
1: And feel free to send those clips in, in any format. In which you choose, like yeah, you absolutely. don't have to stand. You don't have to stick to host likability and audio quality
0: and product. You don't have to stick to that. Do whatever you want to. Absolutely, and 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 depending upon how wild you get, maybe it's not super useful. Maybe it's not uh, even usable. I would just say language barrier. Yes, yes, that's the big thing. Is we do have a clean show here, and we want to maintain that. But Greg makes an awesome point here. He says, you know. I need to find a way to coerce you guys into broadcasting a review of the Guardian newspaper's excellent and award-winning football weekly podcast. It's about soccer. soccer. yeah. yeah. Uh, as you guys have forced at least two baseball shows into my stream <laughs> to eat up my hard drive's <laughs> precious memory. Um, but that's a, that's a great idea, Greg, and it's one that's very, very executable. So that's one thing that we're going to work on. ASAP. I'm going to make the post. I'm going to start soliciting those reviews. And as you said, maybe it's only quarterly that we'll do one for a while, but eventually this could be the kind of thing I could see building up to the point where every six weeks or so we've got another one of those episodes potentially. So could we call that Greg's list? I think that's, yes, yes. This is our Greg's list episode. That's an awesome idea. Look at that. You just got into the show. That's brilliant. You know what? You have earned your money today, sir. No, that's off the cuff, and we're going to continue to discuss it. (laughs) I like Greg's list. He says, okay, as for your latest review, though, kudos with one small gripe. Mm. I am an atheist, but hopefully not too smug. Uh, But it is fair to say that I do meet plenty, and it aggravates me, too. As Josh made the point eruditely, the presentation of the atheist argument is often made in a self-serving manner that alienates rather than embraces. I, too, am looking for a kinder presentation of the non-religious lifestyle, if purely from the cynical viewpoint that we, as non-believers, aren't making much change on the current path. I think you guys were wise to just declare your own bias rather than attempt an uneasy show at total objectivity. I respect you both more for that, and I think that you still had a good crack at staying fair. That said, and I had really wanted not to open up the debate, but Joel did present an argument that often causes me to get irritated the idea that confronting problems contained within sacred books is not valid because everyone knows they are not meant to be taken literally. I do wonder why books and texts are part of a religion if they are meant to be routinely dismissed or reinterpreted. I think this is a point that needs to be made. Even as part of a kinder debate, as religious texts are very much a part of the religions they derive from and still have a role to play in defining the identity, real or perceived, of that religion. The current struggle for Islamic identity between moderates and extremists, for instance, in relation to the interpretation of the Quran and the Hadith, is proof for me that this topical debate must be aired. I may well listen to a few episodes of, of The Thinking Atheist and capping your review with a return to your mission statement of sharing and not judging helped keep the feel of the review nicely positive. Still a, lawyer, a loyal listener, Greg Shelton. It's a very good point, Greg. You're right. And it is a fine line to walk. I had this discussion I'm earlier not, today, okay, s-
1: So don't want to make this a discussion about religion at all.
0: No, that's I was trying to figure but out but a But as to far as the point is of
1: having sacred books and, and, and constantly reinterpreting them. If you grow up in the Christian faith, man, that's just par for the course. (laughs) Look at how many different denominations there are and even sub-denominations. Like there's like 40 different – there's more than 40 types of Baptists out there. Oh, yeah. There's tons. And so even within our own religion, like I think constantly reinterpreting it and interpreting it particularly for yourself
0: is kind of inherent. Yes, and again, from, some, from coming from a non-believer, I can see how that could be incredibly frustrating. Like, <laughs> they moved the line again. Yeah. Like, what am yeah. I even arguing against? Do you guys, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, so, so it, I can see why that would be a frustrating point. But I think it is one of the things that, in, that is inherent in religion. Neil deGrasse Tyson, the astrophysicist, had a great video that I saw this past week, a short one, where he was just commenting in general on his thoughts on the existence of God. And he said, there can be no final answer. That's why we call it faith. If we could prove it, if you could know it emphatically and and uh, concretely, then we would have to come up with a different word for it.
1: Well, if if faith is what it comes down to, then even an atheist has faith that there's not a god.
0: Uh, yes, I suppose because like the absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. Sure. Yeah. All right, but, but thank you for those words, Greg. Uh, real quick, he says also the uh, P.S. The best show on Sans Pants Radio may be Movie Maintenance. Have you listened to that one? No, I haven't here's either. A, here's. Uh, this is such a dumb thing to do, but
1: it really so. I made the mistake of of branching out in Maximum Fun and realizing that as a network, I don't really care for it. Right, right. I like the McLaury brothers. I love my Bam. The rest of Maximum Fun may not be for me right now. Sans Pants is nothing but a positive in my life. With plumbing the Death Star, I I want to keep it positive, man. I don't I don't want to reach out and, and tarnish that image it has in me, which
0: goes completely against me even doing this show. Yes, absolutely. He, he does say, if you try movie maintenance, you should start with the Jaws episode. I will definitely try that, Greg. I'm a big Sands Pants fan. He has one more little quick last note. He sent me another email. He says, someone should really remove the pen that must be stuck in Josh's chair before the next time he sits down to read listener feedback. If it's not that, what is that sound that he makes? Oh. <laughs> That's an old throwback. That's a that
1: is that is a um, a nod to our
0: original show, our first podcast that we've ever done. Absolutely. So we our our first show was called Two Guys One Pod. It was an explicit comedy show. It was just us goofing off, and it is largely nonsense. But one of the segments that we did was was listener mail, and we used a audio clip. Of Homer Simpson, actually, yeah, yeah. making that ooh sound that that went into the, you know, hey, here's listener mail, and him making that noise. You would almost always, and by the end of the run, you were doing it every week, after I would play the sounder, you would make the sound N- effect, too. Nailing it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And as a matter of fact, I got to where I was getting fancy, and I was melding, like mixing that in under you so that you guys were doing it at the same time. Homer and you were making the noise simultaneously. You didn't start it when we first started doing listener feedback, but after the first couple of episodes when when we did listener feedback, third or fourth one, you did it once and it sort of stuck. I love it. I think it's a callback for the handful of people that have been with us as listeners all the way since the beginning.
1: Oh, so few people.
0: Like, it's really just for me. I like it, it really <laughs> I like it, too. It really is. I like it, too. I'm glad that Greg asked about it. I'm glad that we actually, on the show, discussed why that happens. But there you go, folks. That is uh, the the reason behind the noise that Josh makes for listener feedback section. We got some some more great feedback with show suggestions, but we're going to push those off into next week as we're going to be reviewing The Read. Yeah. You're really excited about this show. I love this show. I am learning so much. Well, here's one thing that I like about it, and it's one of the reasons why you suggested it. First of all, it's uh, two African-American hosts. Yes. We need more diversity in podcasting. We need more diversity in our show as far as the the kinds of shows that we cover, but we need more diverse voices in the podcasting space in general. The girls behind Another Round from BuzzFeed that were at Podcast Movement 15, they're going to be at Podcast Movement 16 as well. That's a, a really cool show that I've heard a lot about. I've sampled one episode. I want to get to that one eventually. But you brought this ep- this show up, The Read, and I've already listened to about an episode and a half. It's really, really enjoyable. Um, just as a tease, you want to know something I learned from this show? I would love
1: to. And I'm going to start adding into places. Is at one point, I can't remember what they're talking about. They throw a lot of shade on that show, by the way. They say something pretty, like,
0: could be controversial, I guess. <laughs> and then they say... Hold your font. You had to explain this to me because it didn't make any sense to me. Why? Why do they say hold your font? Well,
1: because any text message or email or tweet that you're sending is in font. Is it's in some type of font. It's very so true. Just hold your font. In whichever way you're
0: using it, just hold it. Keep that to yourself. Which we're, I'm we're, completely stealing. By the way, we're gonna get caught up on uh, on all the culture. We'll become hip old white guys after we review the read for you next week here on always listening again we want your feedback particularly on the question of would you like a news segment in this show week to week talk to us through email talk to us on facebook talk to us on twitter but talk to us let us know what you want to hear on always listening
1: i like how you ask for feedback for literally probably the least controversial thing that we've talked about changing like going to every two weeks pretty big deal
0: well, we'd love to hear from you on that too. Would you rather would you rather us take perhaps a several week break as we build up a a reservoir or would you prefer for us to go at least for the near future to to one episode every 2 weeks. We'd love to hear your preferences there as well. We want to know what you want out of the show so that we can help give it to you in a in a better and more entertaining fashion. Josh, you got anything else to add for this show? No, just for suggestions and stuff, please don't hold your font. <laughs> don't hold that font. That's right. Let, it, let the font flow uh, all <laughs> over the email and the Facebook and the Twitter. Uh, and-, and as usual, go tell your favorite podcast that you like them. Absolutely, absolutely, especially in the new year. Endeavor to review all the podcasts that you listen to. I know a lot of people that listen to a bunch of podcasts, and, and they've, they've only reviewed one or two of them. Get out there and make sure that you show all of those podcasters love. If you're listening to their show on a week-to-week basis, uh, they would love to hear from you about it as well, I guarantee you. We'd love to hear from you as well, and uh, you'll hear from us next week with a review of The Read right here on Always Listening. Until next episode, we've been your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel. And we are always listening. Is a proud member of the Two Guys and a Rogue Network. You can find more great reviews and our full list of episodes by searching for Always Listening in iTunes or Stitcher. Or go to blogtalkradio.com slash always Find us on Facebook and Twitter as well, Always Listening Pod, and email the show, always Pod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Enough by Bethany Rader. Oh,
2: no.